Yeah, there we go. Like, just like that. We are live. Right. Okay. We all know what happened on the weekend. Right. Do we? Get Do your we? comments. Get your quotes in. Get your thoughts, your feelings. But, Paul, mm-hmm. look at me. Look at me. You've got a little cheeky smile on your face there. So I'm going to ask you this question as you look directly into the lens of the camera. Yep. How did last week's game against the New York Giants, week one, how did that make you feel? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, karma is a B-I-T-C-H. That's I all like I'm how you spelt it, like Aaron Rodgers does, but continue. All the trash talking, all the gossip, all the Giants fans out there <clears throat> talking smack. You, you, there was a, I can't remember this particular Giants fan's name, but you had a bet with Sam Williams over a hat. I don't, uh, don't know if you recall this. Our good friend Chris Lee mm. posted, uh, reposted it, saying if he was to lose... Uh, to the Cowboys at home, he would. Uh, Sam Williams will send him a hat, and he would have to wear that Cowboys hat for a week. <laughs> so, get your big boy pants out, big blue, or whoever your name is, and wear that hat. You'll a bet's a bet. That was a big whoopsie. Yep. <laughs> it was a forty. So... To, it's a forty to nothing whoopsie. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, things got so bad. Um, there was a couple of guys at the stadium we know um, that work at Blogging the Boys. They were at the stadium. Yep, yep. Tony Catalina and, was in the house. Yeah, a couple of and, others as well. Yep. And, uh, Jamie, and Jamie will join us just momentarily. I'm just, ah, about to, I'm just about to send him the info so he can get on board. Yeah, always good to have the Godfather in. But... Um, uh, yeah, they sent pictures, and what's funny is there's one one of the boys uh, who's there at the start of the game. The, the first, I think it's like the first touchdown, and you can see it's a packed crowd. Week one, third quarter, they're the only two sitting in the section. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, we'll break it down a bit more methodically than. Just what happened <laughs> from point A to point B. We'll go through it, um, but I mean, let, let's let's go straight into it. Give me your biggest uh, positive from the game, Paul. I, I mean, ignoring the scoreline. Just what what was your biggest positive in that game? Defensive masterclass. It really was. Mm-hmm. You had interceptions, fumble recoveries, pick sixes. Oh man. <sighs> The defense showed against a team like supposedly were supposed to be on a rise with all the new offensive weapons they've got, with the bolster offensive line that mm-hmm. they've had, and completely yeah. demolished them. They kept like don't get me wrong, the issue with Daniel Jones with escaping the pocket, that still was an issue, evidently. He mm. still got 100, 104 rushing yards in that game. Um, mm-hmm. But we kept Saquon Barkley. Uh, no, sorry, I stand corrected. 43 yards for Daniel Jones and 51 yards for Saquon Barkley. I was looking at his passing yards. But yes. even still, the total rushing yards was 108. 
And uh, but yeah, just a defensive masterclass. It really was. You saw also the Gizua getting in there. You saw Mega Parsons tearing it up. You saw D Law causing disruption. You saw a uh, Marquise Bell really stepping up in that game massively. You saw Trayvon Diggs being that the reason why we paid him the money to be that guy. Like he was mm-hmm. beaten, but he kept chasing the guy down and made and punched the ball out of the guy's hand and reco- and we ended up recovering the ball. So yeah, it was fantastic. And uh, I just see that Butch is also joined. So let me just get bring him on. <coughs> yes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and you didn't even mention Juanier Thomas, <laughs> Deron Bland. Uh, wow. Yeah. I mean, there's just so much things you could. I mean, this is why I said defensive masterclass, because there's so many points where in all spectrums of that defense really stood out. Gilmore got an interception. Diggs yeah. played out. Thomas played balls out. Like, Here like you go. said. Here's one, right, Paul? Hmm. This will make you laugh. It took Stefan Gilmore all of one quarter to reg- register his first Cowboys interception. More to come. More to come. <laughs> yeah. And here's another crazy stat. I went back and checked this. Deron Bland now has eight starts for the Dallas Cowboys. He has, in that time, six interceptions, one pick six, eight pass deflections. Wow. Just, just wow. On, yeah, I, I can't, I just, I, like, even from the passing game, we kept the, the wide receiver core to 110 yards and seven, mm. 17 attempts. And the longest was to Isaiah Hodgins for 24, 24 yards. But looking at all the targets that New York did, Dallin Waller, Hodgins, Kager, Slayton, Barkley, Brightwell, Campbell, Bellinger, Stellan Shepard, Jalen Hyatt, and Matt Breda, all those guys combined 108 yards. The defense were just simply fantastic. Mm. I, I'm just... I'm 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 not lost. I'm I'm not saying I'm lost for words. I'm just blown away of how amazing the defense played. Like the fact is that our offense didn't really need to put the pressure on because our defense were just punishing New York left, mm. right, and center. It felt like what's the best way to describe it? It's like watching. Real Madrid play against a team from, I don't know, like the Faroe Islands or something like that. (laughs) But here's the crazy thing, right? Don't forget, because people, as they will, because it's a big Cowboys win, they're downplaying it. Don't forget, the Cowboys, uh, the Giants are a playoff team. They won a playoff game, in fact. Yeah, and and we stood them in. We we completely derailed the hype train when it came to New York. So, but um, if yeah. I was a and if I was a Giants fan, I'd be mad. I'd be so mad. Like, because we all thought this was going to be a closely contested game. They did too. Like, like 
we like you went what 31 17 i went 31 20 jamie i believe he went like 30 31 something else as well so mm-hmm. no he went 17 no, he's quite close yeah he's I, quite he, close. He, he, he was 17 14 and uh but yeah not one of us projected this, not one of us, and no. and this is the that's the thing, though, mate. Like, you've got Eagles fans out there talking trash now, saying, Oh, but Dak only threw 143 yards. I'm like, I'm, 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 I'm sorry, but that's just game management. Does he really yeah. had to? Did he had to throw the ball? No, he didn't. Like, it's like. We talk about all these uh, statistics and stuff like that, and whatever and that. Like that, like even though he didn't throw for any touchdowns, there was no interceptions, etc. Even still, he he controlled the game when he was on offense. Yeah, uh, and that's the big one. Is okay. You can argue about the passing, right? Without really understanding the fact that it was game script, where the conditions played a factor as well. Um, which both sides had to deal with. And that's a big reason why uh, the Cowboys' tight ends were kind of lackluster. It's not because they, they're bad tight ends. It was just the weather. Um, but, I mean, that's the reason. But, as you've already said, okay, he didn't do much as a passer, but he did a lot as a quarterback. That he ensured personnel were in the correct place the play calling was looking good and he just had to make sure that the cowboys offense just stayed just stayed on schedule that they did what they needed to do but what was also important as well is when he did make the passes they were good they were accurate they were on target you know the hand of shot dropped past near the end zone that probably would have been yeah. a touchdown. That, that was right on the money. It's just a hand of shot dealing with the weather, fail on it. Same with Ferguson. Fergie had a couple of drops. One a little bit easier than the other, but still, you've got to give discount to the problems of the rain. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Yeah, and DJ Doll just summed it up perfectly. Poor, poor and rain, not conductive, uh, not conducive, oh, I can't even say it, for, for passing. <laughs> it's, it's not good for passing. But yeah. I will say, though, the passes that Dak did make and they were completed, like, I, I can't remember if it was to Brandon Cooks, but it was like, there was four players. That was a good one. Holy crap. That was, uh, like, it may or not be a, a highlight reel, like, play, but it was impressive. Very impressive. <laughs> so, but yeah, but Rich, Jamie, give me your thoughts, man. Give me your, I'm dying to hear your guys' thoughts on this. Yeah, come on, Jimmy. Get in there. I, I, oh, I, I think before I even give my give my thoughts, I think I have to apologise just for the fact that when we were on on Thursday, I said this was going to be one of those open opening days, boring games where it's going to be full of rust, and, and I was I unfortunately wasn't like you guys and, and grin and bed it and and. I went to bed and I, I got up the next morning. and I was like, my gosh, what did I miss? And I watched it back, and I was like, <laughs> I was like, wow, that was that was a beatdown to end all beatdowns. And and this is not not even a knack. And, and I think it's more just for how good the defense was. It was it was disappointing from a, a standpoint of we let the Giants get over a hundred yards passing, and I, I don't mean that 
in a negative way. I just, I mean, because the defense played so well that they deserved to not get hundred yards put up on them because they played so well, and it was like, and it's like I say, it's, like it's not, it's not a beatdown on the on the defense. It was just, it was like it would have been nice to see that just because they deserved it for how well they played. But my God, we're playing like that the first game of the season. This season's, I don't want to jump ahead of myself, but. Jump ahead, jump ahead, do it. Jump ahead. Right, right to Super Bowl, 17 and 0. Come on. Because, I mean, the thing is, is, what's funny is there are people complaining and saying, oh, it's just one game and, oh, Dak didn't do anything. You're like, you do understand what just happened. And they did they, what happened with the Giants played exactly into everything that the Cowboys do well. That was one thing. And you mentioned it, Jay. You know, you were worried about rust. You did see it. You've seen rust. We've seen it on both sides of the ball. But as the game continued, um, things just got smooth. Like, I tell you one thing, when we want to talk about the offense, like, if Dak was any more relaxed and laid back in that pocket, we'd have to pull out a chair for him. I mean, that guy was just all over it. He just looked... It, it was... I don't think I've ever seen Dak look that comfortable in the back. And I'm not talking about as the game progressed from the offset. It, not to... Excuse me, like I say, um, kind of... It was good to see a, a game plan. And sometimes... And I'm, sorry, no, sorry, Rich, I'm jumping in on, on your time. <laughs> in terms of... Like, and I think it was the guys on... I was listening on the way to this morning. Was, I think it was Talking Cowboys. And, like, literally this, they said, we nullified what was... Which is the Giants' biggest offensive weapon in Saquon Barkley. And they, ju- they just had to abandon that because the Cowboys got so far ahead so early that the, the room game was never going to get them back into it. Oh, man. It's just, it's just priceless. It really is. Rich? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, before Rich uh, says anything, we just want a big shout out to all the fellow Yukis that are joining us tonight. You guys are awesome. Already filling everything up here uh, with the comments and the likes and the shares. So thank you very much, guys. You guys are beautiful. Before Rich, again, sorry, Rich, before Rich gets his two cents in, <laughs> I, just want to, I just want to send this to the New York Giants. There we go. There you go. Oh dear. It's on repeat. It's on repeat. It's on repeat. <laughs> just kind of put it in the now, now we're using all these little things. Can we? Can we have like a like a forty burger one or a fifty burger? It's like just just some one of you guys going like forty burger, forty burger. No, I, there we have, I we got thinking, it now. I will just I will just record that and that is the No, same. no, not mine. No, you no, you no, lot have got yeah. sexier voices than me. I've got, <laughs> I, I've got an idea. Why not get Keenan and Kel from Good Burger? Ah yeah. Yes. Good burger, yes, home of the good burger. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, Rich, take it away, mate. Take it away. Yeah. Well that's one come of the on. better ideas you've ever come up with. Um I'm fully behind <laughs> that too. <laughs> And I'm disappointed that after after everything, all off season, after everyone's saying, "Is that going to be this? Is the offense going to be that good?" and everyone's slept on our defense. Jamie quite literally slept on the Cowboys. I'm disappointed. No, I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed. Sorry, bro. I, I, I will do better. 
You've, you've, let, you've let yourself down. You've let Power's Nation down. I'll put a note on the door saying... I'll put a note on the door saying I must do better. I must not disappoint Rich. <laughs> mate, my kids are upset. It's not even me. <laughs> You've probably ruined their week, mate. Damn it. Anyway, <laughs> anyway on to the positives. The... Um, there was a few things I really liked about that game, and you kind of touched them on on them already. And it's like, obviously, yeah, blow them out of the water. It's what they deserve. Something like football, brilliant. They drive it down the field. Oh, brilliant! Someone we just made a trade for as well. People we've just acquired and have acquired this season. Pretty much all of them made some sort of statement play in that game. Your secondary's done really well with two guys not on that that would probably before the start of the season you'd say would be well in the rotation um, they're not even there and then obviously you've got Michael Parsons being a beast seven sacks all the rest of it one of the things I'm really happy with or two things that go hand in hand is one like Jamie said there was actually a game plan and they stuck to it they went in Dak didn't need to throw the ball all that much. Dak and Co. were basically out there because they had to be out there because they were playing the game of football. They could have sat back and done sweet FA and they'd have still won the game. Let's be realistic. You don't want and don't need Dak to be going out there or anyone else for that matter. On offense, doing crazy things, throwing the ball around, giving them chances to get back into the game. Like Wales tried to do against Fiji in the rugby on Saturday, but we won't go there. Mm-hmm. Right? Who knows, knows. You're in the lead. Play conservative. Run down the clock. That's how you win games. That's how you do it sensibly. They did it sensibly for once. There was hardly any rust. But the thing that really, really shocked me was I came away from that and I went, good Lord have mercy because Trayvon Diggs can tackle. And I was amazed because Twitter and the rest of the internet was telling me all season long last season that Trayvon Diggs is really, really bad at tackling. So I'm in literal shock right now. I don't know what to believe. My own eyes on the internet. Believe your own eyes. Trust me, there's a there's a lot of people there's a lot of people on the internet that just like to kind of be big massive trolls, even within their own sports, even within their own organizations. So So we're we're talking about um, outside noise. We're talking talking cowboys, and it's funny she mentioned it because, like you're saying, and it it feels like after I know we're only one game in that we're we're gonna what you just brought about Trayvon Diggs there is we're gonna have the same. Kind of conversation that we had about D Law years ago, and it, it took people like Brian Broders coming on and Brad Shamber. Yeah, he's getting all this money, but you're just looking at just at the stats and not what he actually brings to the game. So D Law, yeah, didn't get a lot of sacks after he got paid, but look at the destruction he caused and look at the double teaming, and that's what Trayvon Diggs. Yeah, he didn't get as many interceptions last year, and, and yeah, he didn't get any this year in this first game, but. He got two. He forced two fumbles. Let's look at that. It's like I say, setting the tone in different ways, isn't it? Not just getting the interceptions. Not there just to get them. It's nice to get them, but it's not 
that's not okay. Yeah. yeah, people, people out there, anyone who's playing the Cowboys this season have just gone. If they hadn't already, they've gone and circled that game on their calendar because they know they really need to do their work before that game. People aren't necessarily apprehensive or borderline scared now playing this Cowboys defense or specifically that that pass rush and specifically Micah Parsons because of anything on the stat sheet. The reason they don't want to play Micah Parsons necessarily now is because of something that's not on the stat sheet because you saw him get double teamed and drive him down the freaking field to enable, was it Odigi Zua to come back in and get his sack? You don't get that on the stat sheet, but that's what people will notice and that's what people will be apprehensive to go against and be like, good Lord, even if we double team him, it's not going to make much difference necessarily. Because if he ain't getting the sack, he's taking out two players and someone else is who shouldn't by rights be probably getting the sack well, to boot. Here, here's the thing though, Rich. Also, I think he deserves a lot of credit as well. Because he read that beautifully. Like, like As he was still going to his particular gap, he realized that Parson was getting forced into his gap and he anticipated Jones to move back inside and he's like, nope, I'm going that's going to leave a void. I'm now going to move in. Uh, I know I've, re- I know I have abandoned my assignment, but Parsons has now took that. He's actually flushed them out and is now going to leave me a big, massive opening to make a, make a play here. And that's exactly what's happened. So, a lot of credits down to Adigizor for his awareness on that matter. So, but just overall, I mean, sixty-five total tackles in that game. <laughs> 44 solo, 7 sacks, 10 tackles for loss. And the biggest surprise for me, well, it's not a big surprise, but the, the leading tackle of that game, Marquis Spell. That's right. Just unreal. unreal. Do you want to know, though? Right, Paul? I, and I know this will make you happy. And we'll talk about the offensive line then, right? Oh, yeah. Because uh, that, need, that needs some talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh Surprise player, right? This is crazy. Dorrance Armstrong, right? Currently ranks third in pass rush efficiency, right? Played 18 snaps on the weekend. Had six pressures, two sacks, one tackle, and three defensive stops. <laughs> on the 18 plays. You know what's another crazy stat? Just because we, we're throwing out there. And oh, I'm, I might be wrong on the, the actual numbers, but this is how... Hungry the defence clearly was at the weekend. I think did Daniel Jones drop back with 32 uh, or yeah, 45 yeah, yeah, yeah. times and he was pre- he was pressured 27 times on those 35 dropbacks. <laughs> those guys were after ripping his sweet up. The net yards is crazy on that game. 67. It's just wild, man. Uh, which is, by the way, uh, just so you know, the lowest in Cowboys history. What they had. Uh, but an- another one for you, um, Jamie, I know you like uh, these ones, is uh, so no team has ever lost by 40 or worse, lost a sack battle 7 to 0, lost a turnover battle 3 to 0, had a blocked field goal returned for a touchdown and threw a pick six all in one season. The Giants done it all in one game. And and then just to put another one in, because my good friend Nick Eatman tweeted tweeted after the game, 
the last time the Cowboys opened the season by scoring more than 30 points and, and not conceding in the first game, what did they end up going and doing? I don't, I don't want to say the words because yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to get blamed if it doesn't happen. But what happened? And I think it was ninety four, ninety five. However, you work out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was against the Giants, and it was nineteen. The year yeah. was nineteen ninety five, which everyone should know. Mm. Just to go back to what Mike was saying when he read all those stats. If that's one thing you can summarize this as this, fatality. Yes. You can, but yeah. Sorry, it was th- it was the Dallas Cowboys had sixty three net, so that's important net passing yards allowed on Sunday against the Giants. That's the fewest net passing yards allowed by a Cowboys team since nineteen seventy four. And just so you know as well, so we're just we're just throwing all these out right now. Uh, that C D Lamb in his first fifty career games. Right. Bear in mind, right, think of CD Lamb's first season. But CD Lamb is now on 3,473 receiving yards. No player has had more in their first 50 games, more than Des Bryant. <laughs> I'm just throwing the mic drops there, mate. I like it. I like it. So, uh, and there was another one for Dak as well. But we will leave that for the pregame, uh, which we'll get into. It's about where he ranks at the moment. He actually did it on the weekend. But we'll talk about it in the pregame because it was a squiffy game um, to look at passing because of just the conditions and the way the game was going. Especially when you're that far ahead as well. You just you want to play possession ball and you just want to run it. And that was, the, ball. that was the plan as well because they'd, they'd rehearsed it was I can't remember the name for it, but it was like weather ball or something like that. They'd rehearsed having bad weather because Mike had looked at the forecast. And the good thing about that is it's conservative play. It prioritizes playing the ball safe, which is something they don't necessarily do very well. It's it's everyone's favorite criticism of the Cowboys is they turn around and they do a Cowboys, they go and muck it up at the last minute and then end up losing the game. Yeah, don't look like they're going to be yeah. rushing to do that this year. Yes, um, definitely. I mean, the thing is, is what is making it crazy to me is that you look at that that game and you go, but they were without Donovan Wilson and Jordan Lewis didn't play either. Mm-hmm. So you just look at players they didn't have, and we'll get to the offensive line without Tyler Smith uh, in a second. They did that without those players in there, which is just a testament of depth, that they've got the talent and they've got now the depth. We, you know, we, we lose Donovan Wilson. Oh, don't worry, one year Thomas is here to take over and probably had, like, he was one of the best defensive players in that game, not just because mm-hmm. of the block um, the block kick. You know, there was other things he did in that game. Yeah, and um, some really crucial hits as well. Yeah, um, just solid in what he did. Everything around that field, he was solid on. But let's go to the offensive line then, guys. Uh, so the, the the team was without Tyler Smith, and I, we was on a, a pregame show uh, with the guys over blogging the boys, and they asked about uh, Tumor Dogan, and I said 
look, the guy is actually a really good guard. It's just, it's been unfortunate that during college and the NFL, he's just lost time due to injury. But the quality's there. And we've seen it. I would actually say he was maybe the second best offensive lineman on that line on, on the weekend. He was solid. Give yep. me what you guys think of the offensive line. And bear in mind, TJ Bass had to come in for a brief spell as well. So we were concerned about the offensive line, concerned about the depth. Did what happened on the weekend alleviate that concern, or are we still concerned? I think I'm still concerned in terms of the numbers for depth in the O-line. If one goes down, then we're still at a short number, because we've, we've got Bass and Odoga and maybe one more, uh, uh, Asim Richards, as our backups, and that's it essentially. Because well, let's go as an IR, well, part by yeah. IR, and same with Josh Ball. So we've got three backups essentially. That like, can come so, back. Yeah, 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 that can come back. Uh, but so that's the concern I have right now. But in terms of getting one of those guys to come in and plug in and play, no problem whatsoever. After after witnessing that against like so Dexter Lawrence and Tribado and stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. and, and these guys are not easy to move. Yeah. Uh, and they proved that very nicely. So there we go. I mean, DJ Dog is one that always makes us laugh. It's just nice that we've returned it back, mate. So that's important. But um, you two guys down here, give me your thoughts on the offensive line. Tumor Adoga as well. Go on, Rich. Exactly the same. Um, it was still a bit of concern, ultimately. I think you'd be weird not to because, A, hope the lights are on. <laughs> um, where was I? Yeah, depth on defence is really good. Offensive line, not as good. And the bit that's concerning is because generally for teams that make the postseason, that's one of the things that usually carries you really well. It is a big, big thing. And Jerry said it many, many times. You want to be going into the offseason as healthy, as healthy as possible, but mm-hmm. you need depth. And that's one of the areas where, admittedly, a certain team I don't like to reference by name that plays in green, not the Jets, um, they are really good at having depth. I love Mark Anthony's, uh, Mark Anthony's comment here. My favourite thing about this team will not show up on the stat sheet. It's their heart. They're oh, yeah. hungry in all three phases of this game. The offense, defense, and special teams. 100% mark. Mm. Spot on. It seems to be when you look at this offense that, I mean, one thing that's for certain is both Dak and Mike McCarthy are definitely on the same page. You can see that. Um, they are on the same page together. They, they're seeing the same thing. But like Mark is saying, and like you agree, Paul, that these players seem to want to, and not just the offense, defense as well, and special teams. They just want to go the extra mile. They want that you. There's a willingness to go further from Mike McCarthy that you haven't seen before. It's the all the guys that that were around um, around the team in Oxnard and through training camp, all the DC dot com guys and girls. They've all said similar sort of things, mm-hmm. and they have them for weeks. Is that? Yeah, every year for a very long time, we've said, this looks good, that looks good, blah, 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 and what happens, happens. When you start hearing comments like, it feels different, you can't put your finger on it, it feels different. Mm, mm. That's when you knew something really tangible is there. And there's been hints of that 
in previous years gone by. And the Cowboys have always, touch wood, done well in those seasons. You go back to the season, the fight season under Jason Garrett, they did really well that year. You mm. go back to 2014 when it was the no-name defense. They played really, really well. They played absolute lights out. I cannot remember ever watching a Cowboys game, regardless of how good it was. Like when they blew out um, Washington the other year towards mm. the end of the season. Yeah, yeah, I can't yeah. remember watching a Cowboys game, even the really good ones, and coming away from it, not having a name of a person to turn around and say, yeah, but they didn't play really well. Everyone there ste- isn't every, uh, yeah, everyone stepped up from... Everyone played lights out for each other, which plays exactly into what, into what was just said there. They've got the heart. They want to do it for each other. I think Mike McCarthy, it's evident right now, has done a really good job this offseason. And he's he's definitely doing things clever on he's multiple doing... levels. Here, Here's the thing, though, Rich. The difference between what Mike McCarthy's doing this year and years prior, he's now finally doing it his way of what he wanted to do in the first place. Exactly. Which I think is why you've not seen hardly any starters in the preseason. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I've said it before that I don't mind not starting plays in the preseason because I can get over a player um, being rusty to start off with and getting better as the game or, or the first couple of games go on. What I can't, what I, I, I really don't want is for what is seemingly a pointless game because preseason, it's not pointless. It's a it, they're development games. But if you're a starter, you're not really after development. But the last thing I want is a bad soft tissue injury there. That then means we lose them for the season. I'd rather you be rusty for yeah. a portion of the, the the regular season rather than be gone for the whole thing. Um, well, go on. Well, that that was another thing that was really good from from that game coming away from it was there was. In the grand scheme of things, like you said, there was a bit, but in the grand scheme of things, compared to what we used to, there was hard, there was not that much rust in the grand scheme of things. We're typically used to what the Eagles' offense just experienced Mm. on Sunday. They were quite rusty and then some. And that typically lasts for a game or two for the Cowboys, but they've gone in and actually, like, when you look at it, when you look at the execution, when you look at when throws were made, you look at everything in the round, you're like, do you know what? There's a few things off. There's a bit of rust, yeah. But in the grand scheme of things, it's sweet FA. There's it got better as well as the much, game went on. given the fact that these guys haven't played in the offseason. Yeah. yeah. Which, again, is testament to what they've been doing in the lab, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Jamie. Mm-hmm. I know you like to talk about the offensive line as well. I mean, what did you think of it? Bear in mind, zero sacks all game, right? The Cowboy, uh, the Giants, I keep doing that all night. The the Giants' defensive line actually is quite fairly decent in terms of pass rush. Um, You know, when you think they've got Thibodeau, Daxter Lawrence in the middle, um, you've got... yeah, thank you very much. BJ Ojolari on the other side. They've got a decent enough pass rush, but they allowed zero sacks and only four pressures, which is the third least in the NFL currently. 
Um, so that basically means Dak was hurried on four plays. I know we were saying there wasn't much passing in the game, so it's kind of tough. But still, the run blocking was really good. Um, yes. You look at the toss play to Turpin, and Tyron Smith and Adoga were moving out that way. On the other side, you've seen it as well. With the tight ends, the blocking was good too, which we'll come to the tight ends in a moment. But tell me what you think of the, this Cowboys offensive line, mate. How did you grade it? How did you feel about it? I think for the fact that you're going to get pressures anyway, they're not going to keep them from pressuring to Dak 100% of the time. But four is... I'd like to know the last time the Cowboys only had four pressures on the quarterback. Um, but zero sacks. I mean, for that alone, I think you've you've got to you've got to grade it at least an A, just for the fact that the, the quarterback the quarterback's going into the next game hardly hit. It's still a stretch. Uh, a little bit what Porter's on in terms of not so probably not so much worry, but I think the jury's still a little bit out just for the fact that. We know what this offensive line has done the last few years in terms of injuries and how much tossing and turning we've had with players. That's always going to be a little bit of a worry. But I think two of the, two of the players that impressed me probably the most, would say this with the most respect, especially because I'm older than both anyway, um, was, I don't know if it was, was it Pollard's second touchdown in the, um, on the goal line when Zach Martin Came out of the line and went round the tackle and just put put a hit on and then it, it was free free it together. And then the one from Tyron Smith, where it was upfield, it was like he looked like he was having fun. He went upfield, made a block, and we got the score. It was like, but as he was when I watched it back and when you when you see him doing, he's like, please don't do it. Please don't do it. Because if you win the main draw, you're going to be out. He just like. Yeah, I was like, m- maybe the off season's been kind to him, and we maybe not have to worry about him. But yeah, as a whole, impressed those two players impressed me the most. But yeah, I, like 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 Paul said, I mean they've got a pretty decent line of the of the Giants. It was a good test to see where they are this early in the season. Let's hope keep going. Yeah, and, you know, Lebarski making a comment about next week's game, uh, which we'll talk about on Thursday, uh, talking about Aaron Rodgers. And um, obviously, you never want to see a, a player get injured, especially a big name like Rodgers. And in a way, it, you know, I know some people will be like, oh, you, you know, now we're guaranteed to win. In a way, though, I wanted Rodgers to come to at t and for this defence to redeem itself and get some redemption off Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, and I, I'm sick of seeing him. It's just, I think, just for the last few years, that it just, yeah. Let's, if, if we'd have been fifteen and one or whatever, and we we're playing him back in the season, yeah, let him play. I mean, because it's not really going to affect the outcome. But no, nah, uh, screw that. No, nah, Jamie, I, like I'm all for making statements this year. Like, if Aaron Rodgers was on that field, like I, I know we're going to cover this on Thursday, but I will say, it's like I wanted Rodgers to play. I really did. Yeah, no, I, crazy, crazy. Okay. Now, now, now that's not going to happen. We're going to get every excuse thrown in the book, and people are not regarding the rest of that uh, Jets team. By the way, 
Right, they're, 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 don't, don't forget, don't forget, they've got a really good defense, etc. etc. They do, they do. So, this is going to be a harder game, regardless, <clears throat> with or without Rogers. Yeah, so, oh man, I, I mean, like, I'm doing the articles now where I'm looking at both defenses to write about, and I mean, like, their linebacking core and their defensive backs. Whew. I mean, put it this way. It took four plays for Leonard Floyd to sack Aaron Rodgers. And unfortunately, that was the play that injured him. But, you know, um, they are solid. They're good. It's um, fairly fairly similar to, to Dallas in, in, in terms a way. of how, how things played out. They have really, yeah, they do. And they have a half-decent pass rush as well. Like, everyone's been supposedly put on notice now in terms of Dallas's pass rush. You need to be prepared now for the Jets to come at Dak exactly the same way on yeah. Sunday night. And you need to be prepared for them to come against the defense with a solid run game. Which, they have a decent run game. Everyone is going to be coming and trying to run at this defense because they know they can't throw it. They, everyone is going to have to at least try to maximize in the scripted part, right? At the start of every game and the start of every half, those run plays. Because as soon as New York came away from the run, bang. And then they were behind. And then they were behind on the scoreboard. And then they were behind again because they didn't go back and establish the run properly. And then the game's basically gone. I just I, Mark Mark Hanover's bringing some fire to these comments. Like, <laughs> really, I was, yeah, say, I, I was just going to say, Paul, that last comment he made was it. It touched on what we said earlier, wasn't it? That we we had a game plan and we didn't shy away from it. Like, how many times did Jason Garrett shy away from a game plan, or did Callum Moore try to become cute and mess about? And say, you you paying Dak all this money? Play to Dak's strengths. That's what. You, you're paying him to do. You don't put Dak in a situation where he's not going to be comfortable. Yeah. Or the run defense. Or like every, you know I mean, use every ounce of what these guys have got. And here's the thing. I don't think, I think how many tackles for loss did Dallas give up? Was it just two? I'm like, not sure. I'd have to go back and like, check. Like, I'm and, 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 and that was based around him. Everything else in terms of rushing was beyond the line of scrimmage. Mm. So that that is just like if it works, don't don't shift from the game plan. Uh, and that's what we did. So again, it doesn't need to say like we don't need that to throw. 350 yards and throw four touchdowns to win us the game when the rest of the team are, are balling out as well. Because it's mm. actually nice to take the pressure off that for once. Yeah. But but it's not going to stop the haters, though. Oh, definitely not. Um, I put a video up on, <laughs> on Thursday of Mahomes throwing the uh, interception that skipped off the hands. And it's like, how funny how certain media people aren't talking about Mahomes having an interception problem when it bounces off a wide receiver's hands. Or Josh oh, Allen. And, and Josh Allen. You, MVP, MVP Josh Allen. Remember and, that? And, and you watch it as soon as Dak throws one, because he's going to throw one. It's, it's just common law, isn't it? They'll, the the hate, haters in the media will be all over him like a rash. Mm. Yeah, and, and look, you know, 
we go back to the gang, <laughs> the Giants gang. Um, some people uh, will say about the lack of pass. Don't forget, there was some big drop passes from the tight ends. Yeah. I think, though, the conditions played a factor into that for those guys. And they will redeem themselves this weekend. Tight ends are going to be very important. But what you can't deny from the tight ends was they block in. I mean, first and end shot was some of the best blocks on the field. The 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 second Pollard touchdown to the right. Not only mm-hmm. Paul, right? Not only did we see a lead block from Hunter Lipke on that, which was instrumental. We also saw Zach Martin make an important block, yeah. but so did Ferguson. And without that, Pollard would have been probably it would have been a big tackle for a loss. But those very important blocks. What the one biggest one was how Ferguson was being used there, really yeah. important. Yeah, again, playing to strengths. We knew but, that Ferguson, but here's the thing: Ferguson was definitely more known as a run blocking tight end. Oh yeah, college, yeah, right. Yeah. That's Wisconsin football. <laughs> as, yeah, and and he does have catching ability. We saw that last year, but we're playing to our strengths so easily. Yeah. Right now, so if this is the way our things are going to materialize as the season picks up, it's gonna it's gonna be a fun season, folks. Yeah, can we mute Brian just because because he's he's putting it down on it already. He's a, he's a, he's <laughs> nagging he's nagging the post game show out. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah. Funny enough, Paul, I, I, I did. I, I did. Go on. I will I will say this to Brian. It's like Brian. It, it, I think Sauce Gardner is going to have a hard task when he's dealing with like of Lamb, Gallup, and Cooks. So, yeah, yeah, he's got, he's got, they, they've got, they've got it. To, the the irony is, is this is a game where both sides are kind of almost the same in terms of strengths and weaknesses. So, uh, you look at Brees Hall broke off an eighty-four yard touchdown run. I mean, he had a big game. I know we'll talk all about this on Thursday. Um, we don't have to worry about that right now. We're just here to enjoy the big win. Let's enjoy um, the, the, the massive win that we just had. Exactly. You know, we're not going to worry about what's happening on Sunday just yet. Very, um, very, very quickly. Come on, oh, oh, sorry, sorry, Rich. I was just saying, come on, guys. Let's we'll just celebrate. We, we won. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you a big thing. <laughs> I tell you another big thing I did notice too. I don't know what you guys thought. I was actually impressed. And I know you look at the stat sheet, it doesn't really look all that much. Oh, that was another thing I was going to mention. I did tag after our conversation with Skywalker Seal, Paul. I did tag him in the Hunter Lipke Lee block. <laughs> oh, you did not. <laughs> after we spoke at length about that. But anyway. Um, a guy who doesn't immediately jump out on the stat sheet, but what I did like is how he complimented Pollard was Rico Dowdle. Didn't you look at it? It's like, oh, yeah, okay, four and a half yards per carry. You know, it's, yeah, okay. But you're like, no. Like, what he did in terms of how he's complimenting Tony Pollard with the two different run styles Mm -hmm. and what he did. I mean, I really like what I've seen in Rico Dowdle, too. Mm-hmm. And this is the guy that last year we thought he was going to be getting cut and stuff like that. He's I turned, get canned. Yeah. yeah, and he really turned it around. Brian Broadus broke it to us. He said, no, he's, he's the number two. And we were like, really? We were kind of a bit 
perplexed and a bit surprised about that. And, and we're, okay, yeah. we're we're yeah. listening, Mister Broadus. We'll take we we follow your expertise with a fine tooth comb. And by goodness, yeah, was he right? Yeah, and it's funny because once he mentioned it, I was going back and watching stuff at Oxnard, and I'm like. Okay, I, I I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it. Okay, if if this is how it's going to go, this is how we're going to go. Um, Turpin three carries out of the backfield. That was a surprising entry. Um, you know, I know we said about the pitch toss to the left that scored the touchdown. More was handles of the ball compared hustle. to the all of last season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that was impressive to see. Um. The other things I wanted to touch on was the wide receivers. Brandon Cooks, I know you mentioned at the start of the show. Um, <clears throat> I think he did quite a bit. He did, you know, the the first down he secured off a very difficult pass was important, but yeah, also cool. you show that the savviness in what he did to get the uh, defensive pass interference call on him. Like, that's a sneaky little play that one, um, but. What I do like is you can clearly see with these group of wide receivers in that game, just the speed. Like the entire offense, it was just faster. Everything looked faster. Um, the one thing I wanted to touch on, though, guys, it's going to be a little controversial here. Brandon Aubrey, how do we feel about him in that game? Missed the first extra point. Was then no perfect. Are we giving him an allowance or are we still holding our breath? I think he actually conducted himself pretty well. Like, considering, mm-hmm. like, I think as the game went on, he got more comfortable and he was making the play, uh, making the kicks. So mm-hmm. I have no complaints, really. Like, I mean, the first one, yeah, I mean, it was a bit of a doozy. But after that, he regained his composure and, yes. managed to, and, and went on and it was, what was it like eight for eight after that or something like that? Like in terms of PATs and field goals or something like that. Mm-hmm. So like after after that after that first miss, he didn't miss. So that's what you want from your kicker to overcome yeah. a, a, and do your job essentially. So like and again, well, looking at Brett, what happened with Brett Maher over the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um that you wouldn't be getting that on the first game of the season. Like, I, like don't get me wrong, Brett Maher regular season version of him was, well, I wouldn't say distressing. That's probably the wrong soundbite for that one. But um, Maher back last year was good. In, regular season, Maher good. Yeah, but playoff. When he missed a field goal, that was him. He was done. Like, he had to be perfect every game, but whereas this guy, Brian Aubrey, former MLS player, played in the USFL or was it XFL? I can't mind. USFL, USFL, and he's came in. He's like, "Sorry, guys, I missed the first one. Let me readjust." Boom, boom, boom. It was literally just one. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, like, don't forget, you know, like. The, the conditions were bad, so you kind of have to put that into factor. And, 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 and that's, yeah, yeah, that's right. Green right. no had to deal with that and missed two. And that's the thing. MetLife Stadium is actually a really difficult place to kick. We did speak about this last Swirling week. wins. Yeah, yeah. For, for such a high-end stadium, like mm. very vertical high stadium, that somehow the winds seem to still get into the stadium very, very easily. So... 
It's um, yeah, tough one. No, so give it to me, guys. Because I mean, the the important thing you want with the kickers, like you said, Paul, is don't let you know the first thing get into your mind to then roll into the second thing. So Brandon Aubrey didn't. You've seen him have a miss. Was then perfect for the rest of the evening. Um, is that important for you guys on the bottom shelf? <laughs> is that important for you guys, or do you wish he was perfect in that game? And do you still have <laughs> do you still have questions? It's always a a knack, you know, when they miss extra points. It's like they should be nailed on. But like you said, the it's a bit of an hard thing to kick in his first NFL or his first real NFL extra point attempt. So we'll, we'll give him that. But like like Paul said, it it, it was it was money after that one in. Mm. It was good to see that it didn't affect him that way. Um, I'll probably probably like a lot of us. I'll I'll reserve judgment until we get him in one of them game situations, which where it's um, clock's ticking down. It's it's a score. It's a it's a tied game, and we, we need the field goal to win. And let's see where his mentality is, and that, and then we can start really not tearing to pieces. But you know what I mean. We we can start to so then to say, look, well, this is this is acceptable. It's not. But yeah. it, it, overall, for his first one, yeah, fair, fair play to the lad. So let's yeah. let's keep it going. And uh, you know, Law makes a good point there too. Yeah. The, the, yep. the extra point that he missed came off a special teams uh, blocked kick return for a field goal. Um, block six, as they call them. But um, um, obviously when that happens, he's then rushed into having to get on the field. So it could be that he was just caught off guard, a little bit of rush going in there. You know, Not, not so much preparing his kicking technique, but in his mind and what he's going to do. And this is my first kick in the NFL and I've failed to quickly mentally prepare for it. It's a good point. It's a good point there. I like it's probably, it's probably looking in the crowd to look at how many Cowboys fans are all and it's like, get your helmet on, son. You're, you're going in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I, 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 go on, Paul, go on. I was just saying, I'm just agreeing, again, agreeing with Mark Anthony here. I'm not actually concerned at all. Like, um, I think now that first game's at the window, I think, do you ever know in the scenario and what Lauren's point just made there? It's like, you probably just were not even warmed up, not expecting to actually make anything so, yeah. so quick on as well. So for him just to kind of come in a little bit cold, be rushed in to really make the play, because you're, you're on a clock to make the mm-hmm. kick as well. So you've only got, what, what 25 seconds or something like that to make the kick yeah. after the yeah. touchdown or something like that? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So for him to kind of just run into the field and make the kick, I will definitely let that one slide. 100%. But after that, he was prepared. He knew that he was going on to the field, gave him time to like, uh, go on uh, like, go on and make, make the play, make the field goals and make the PATs and that. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm actually really happy with it. So, um, but yeah, bring on the Jets, I guess, for Aubrey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, we are there. The only last single point I was going to make, unless you guys want to elaborate on the point was um, on the punt kick of coverage, if you like. Uh, our punt coverage was crazy. That gunning was on form. They were right down that field quick. That's some quality special teams work right there. 
just because just you mentioned special teams, and it, it was playing in my mind when I was watching it, and how quick off the mark for that blocked field goal. Mm. Like, do, do you know what it honestly reminds me? You're gonna you're gonna laugh at me when it is. But do you remember when? Oh, do you remember when you, on the blind side when he first gets into a, a situation and like the defense kind of audibles a bit and he moves on and he, he's just looking like left and right. He's like, oh, and he panics. And that's what it looked like. The Giants um, blocker on the end was like, it was like the snap came. He jumped on the top and he was like, it was just like, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> and the guy just swamped him and it was like, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. One Jim, age, read yeah. that perfectly. That was, that was yeah. preparation. Jamie, the, the whole um, kicking team for the Giants was literally like this. Yeah. I, I honestly couldn't believe it. Like, I, I had to like watch it back again and was like, did the Cowboys not get flagged for that? Because like, the Giants literally didn't move and pretty much until the ball was picked up and being run back. Yeah. And I was like, nah, this is not real. Timing. That's timing. They, they prepared for that. I'm telling you now that the Cowboys were out there preparing for that. I just it looked like a, it looked like a play that they were preparing for. You've got you you've got to put. I mean, like you say, I know we we can go back over everybody's predictions last week and this that, and the other, and we could all say Russ and stuff. But like I say first game. You want to put you want to put a statement and of intent out. That's that's the way of doing it. A division game on the road, forty burger and and not not give up any pretty much give up anything in terms of stats wise on the other team. Yeah, um... <laughs> he loves me really. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, and who would have ever thought? I mean, like, what would have been the odds if you put a bet on it? That uh, Noah Igbenay would be the f- the first scorer of that game. <laughs> One very, very, very rich person. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is for sure. It's worth um, the trade. It was worth the trade already. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, but officially, he is the first Cowboy scorer of twenty twenty three. Yeah, instant empire from the trade. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So there we have it. So that was the Cowboys. A uh, big win, the big 40 shutout uh, on the weekend, um, making them the highest scorer and gave away the least amount of points in week one and lead the NFL in both. They also lead the NFL in stat, uh, uh, in sacks as well. So, <laughs> Can we stop the season? Because that's effectively, that's us yeah. number one scene, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. You could just sit there now. Just, uh, there we go. All right, okay. Players are holding out, <laughs> so the season's on hold. <laughs> all right, then. Let's uh, get into all of this, then, before we get out of here. Uh, hit me with it, Paul. Yes, guys. If you're planning on going to a Dallas Cowboys game this year, be sure to go and check out CowboysExperience.com for game tickets, stadium tours, meet and greets, and much, much more. Be sure to use the promo code UK Cowboys where you shall receive free stuff. Really? And but yes, be sure to go and check out for more information on www.cowboysexperience.com. Yeah, Jamie, are you ready? Are you going to be able to do it this time? Yes, I'm ready. I've been, I've been preparing this all week. This is it. This is it. This is your moment to redeem yourself yeah. after last punk. You ready? You ready, Jay? 
Yes, right. So we, I think we're looking at the dates. We're officially less than eighty days till the UK and some of Europe takes over Dallas for the U, the twenty twenty three UK Cowboys tra- travel group and game to go watch the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. And um, places are still available if you want to join us. As you can see there, that's what's included in the um, in the package. So if you are interested. Hit us up on all the socials or get in touch with Cowboys Experience for more information. But don't miss out on the phone because it's going to be mint. Paul and Brian, sorry, I'm going to say Paul and Mike have been at it. So if so, be warned if you if you there, you're going to love it. If you're not, you're going to miss out because the boys are really special. <laughs> it will be fun. Big takeover. We'll. Uh... We'll do plenty of posting and. Did I redeem myself? That's the main thing. Can I go to bed smiling now? Because I let you all down first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're okay. Not to mention, there's Canada, there's Spain, there's France, there's Germany. It's an international takeover for Thanksgiving this year. So, lots of flags. Yeah. So if you guys there back there in the in the home of the Dallas Cowboys are there in the (laughs) town, give us a a wee shout and we'll try and meet up and whatever now and meet up for beer and stuff. So. And, and and just to add on to that, but I think um, yeah, we we best put we best put the um, city of Allen on on notice out because we're we're staying quite close by. So yeah, yeah we're literally. It's, it's what, I think it's like a, a twenty-minute minute walk. Yeah. Yeah. walk <laughs> yeah, fifteen to twenty-minute walk from the stadium, so it's not too bad. <laughs> same as, as having to worry about an Uber because try to get an Uber after a game. Impossible. It's impossible. Yeah. Like, so, I think I think we we'll just best apologise to the neighbours now. If you hear drunken Brits down the street singing random songs at two or three in the morning, we apologise now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, everybody in Dallas is wondering what the hell is Leeds. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why is that guy out there wearing a Rangers top? Oh, <laughs> Look at the look of disgust on his face. You just crossed the line that can never be come back. Yeah, I've done that many times. Many times for a mic drop. Yeah, Mike. Next time you next time you mention anything about me and a Rangers top, I'm gonna put in your kettle. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right then. Well, let's get out of here. We will be back on Thursday where we look at the Jets game. Same time, 9pm. We will be looking ahead at the game on Sunday. Um, But that is week one in the bag. The Cowboys are 1-0 on a 40-burger show. And as we do every week, we leave these guys to finish out. And we'll see you on Thursday. Hit it, guys. As usual, Dallas forever, Philly for never. Uh, stay, stay safe, have a good week Catch you all on Thursday and bring on Sunday Sorry Andy, sucks to be you <laughs> oh.